Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Just Saying Football with Jack and Sean. I'm your host, Sean Gannon, alongside my partner, Jack Nicholas. We're here to bring you news, notes, weekly updates, and game analysis of your favorite teams from around the league. Now the chance, go check out our website, JustSayingFootball.com. Follow us on Instagram at Just Saying No GWJS for article and video updates. And don't forget to get us on Spotify and in your ears at Just Saying Football. Regular season is over. We are now in the super wild card weekend, my friend. Yeah. First round buys to the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. And before we jump into to this, I got a few things that we want to point out here. And I, I got a question proposed to you so we can get this out of the way now before the Super Bowl kicks off in a few weeks. Who's your favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl right now in this moment? It is January 10th. Yeah, so as of right now, I mean, you mentioned that the Ravens are on by. They are still, you know, my personal favorite. I think that, you know, the defense is just there. Roquan Smith and, you know, the whole bunch have really become, you know, really stepped up to the fact that there's been so many injuries for the Ravens. And, you know, Lamar Jackson is playing on an MVP level. So, you know, give me them. But, you know, I think it's also due to the NFC being a little weak right now. I like that. I like that. What you know. You? I don't disagree with you on Baltimore, but I think throughout the entire year, I've been saying San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. We could run back the tape. So I'll stick with San Francisco on this, but I do got to say I love the Ravens and the MVP season uh, from Lamar Jackson. Yeah. All right. So first things also that we also got to get into, this is the first playoff since 1998 that it didn't feature Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. A little bit of history, basically our entire yeah. lives oh up until now. God. For We've reference, seen you know, we're 97 babies. We're looking at this as like, oh, my God, we were one since the last time this happened. Shows <laughs> how dominant Brady and Manning were uh, during their times. Now, the script writers this year in the offseason decided we're going to go crazy. So we have the Texans at Browns and Cleveland traded for Deshaun Watson in 2022. You have the Chiefs at Dolphins. Tyreek Hill left in free agency to go to Miami. Now gets to face his former team back in Kansas City. We have the Packers going to Dallas, which is Mike McCarthy versus his former team. Potential firing. We're going to get into that later. And the Los Angeles Rams going to Detroit, which is obviously Lions host their first playoff game in Ford Field. And they get to go up against none other than their former player in Matthew Stafford. I mean, who you couldn't have written it any better. You can't. You can't. You know, you're, it almost makes you think last year when the script conspiracy theories were coming out that this is all real. And it's crazy because... You know, we look at this Matthew Stafford trade like, oh, wow, they got a ring. And, you know, you could say the same thing for if, you know, Goff can make a run here and he's already been to a Super Bowl. So very interesting with that. Um, But, you know, we can get into it. There are so many great games this weekend. You know, some games, some matchups you wish were deeper in the playoffs, but that's what makes it wild. Yeah, and let's kick it off. We're going to do Saturday and Sunday, everybody. So your games will come at you based off of the times. And that's going to be the order. Kicking off on Saturday, we have the Cleveland Browns making their way to Houston to take on the Texans. Cleveland is favored in this one by minus two and a half over under here of 44 and a half. Now, obviously, Cleveland bench key starters last weekend in their road loss. Houston, however, got a huge upset win in Indianapolis to not only win the AFC South, but to make the playoffs. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, man. I mean, both these teams, you know, you weren't looking at them like, you know, playoff threats midway through the season. Now you're like, wow, you know, they, they've both really made this journey. For, you know, Cleveland, they're, you know, coming in this one is the away team, but they're favored. So, you know, it seems like everybody's waiting for Joe Flacco to make that noise that he's been making the last five weeks. Um, 
But it's C.J. Stroud's turn to step up. You know, he's an Ohio State guy. He's a Browns fan. This is kind of a dream come true for him. Um, But, you know, the connection between him and Nico Collins this season has really been special. 80 catches for him, over 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. And, I mean, Stroud over 4,000 yards. You know, I expect both of these guys to be airing it out this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great one. You know, Texans made some NFL history last week, being the first team with both a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach to win their division uh, speaks volumes to what C.J. Stroud is able to do and D'Amico Ryans is as head coach of this team. You think the Texans can sweep the awards this year, get the offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and coach of the year? It's definitely possible. We, you know, we're looking at a team that was picking second last year and, you know, wound up getting both these guys second and third. I mean, when you're getting guys in the top, you know, three to five picks, you're expecting them to be in this category, but you never expect a rookie head coach to be. And, you know, we've seen them get a little more lenient with that, you know, guys who come in and really change a franchise. And that's what D'Amico's done, you know, but he's got a great matchup, uh, you know, coach to coach this week with your old OC, Kevin Stefanski. So who who are you liking more a little bit in this matchup? You know, both Honestly, good defenses and good coaches. I'm, I'm liking the Browns in this one, mainly just because the entire team, for the most part, has been to the playoffs. They've been there. Uh, they know what is expected of them. We've seen Flacco come in and really operate this offense well. A handful too many, two interceptions in such a short amount of time. Eight interceptions over a six-game span, I think it is. But we've seen them be able to move the ball downfield, make the big plays downfield. And I think everyone's getting lost a little bit in the Ravens and the 49ers defense. This Cleveland Browns defense has been top three all season. And Mm -hmm. through the first 10 weeks, they were the number one ranked defense. Uh, So for me, I'm looking at this, and I think that Cleveland's defense is going to make it really, really difficult for C.J. Stroud's offense to get moving. I do think it's going to be close. I like the under here on 44 and a half. It's going to be defense, defense, defense all day. But when when push comes to shove, Zedarius Smith, Miles Garrett, they're going to be coming at them nonstop. CJ Stroud, you won't get your first playoff win yet, but things are looking really bright in Houston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, winning the division is a huge first step. But like you said, we're always big on looking at how some veteran coaches will attack rookies with their pass rush, really try to ruin their day. And this could be one of those things where Stroud either makes another huge stride or, you know, it's the playoffs. You go home and you go and you look at this season like a a seven stone. I agree with you, though. The defense for Cleveland is a huge X factor and their offense has not been playing that bad. You know, under Flacco, you know, Amari Cooper's doing great in Joku and Jerome Ford. Um, It seems like their offensive line is healthy right now, which is amazing for them. And, uh, you know, kind of getting into this, you know, that really is going to stop Will Anderson. Um, But yeah, give me Cleveland just like you, buddy. I think that, you know, our guy Joe Flacco has to make some noise somehow. Absolutely. I like it. All right, let's move into our next Saturday game. We have the Miami Dolphins made their way to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Kansas City's favorite in this one, minus four and a half, over under here of 44. Um, Dolphins were close last week, but they couldn't overcome Buffalo. Now, this ended up being a huge, huge loss for them. They had already made the playoffs. Now they don't get to host a playoff game. They find themselves in Kansas City. I have a few stats to give out to some people. And the first glaring one is that the Dolphins are 0 and 10 in games that are under. 40 degrees in recent memory now it's going to be a high of nine degrees in kansas city with a low of minus five so take that uh, as you will and jack what are your thoughts uh in this game 
Yeah. So as far as as far as we're looking with Kansas City, you know, we always kind of look to them to get hot at this point in the season. And, you know, right now, like you said, Miami, you know, they kind of wish it was a little hotter in Kansas City. So there's a, a big thing really here for, uh, you know, Tyree Kill with his comeback game. But at the end of the day, it's it, it keeps leading us to this question. Since he's been gone from Kansas City, who's actually going to be able to step up in these big moments? We we have not since week one, since we've been debating on who's going to be the number one option week by week. It's not who we think it is every week. And I think that when you have a guy like Hill to face, we've been talking about how good this Kansas City defense is. They're going to have to face their old friend who's now a foe. And if, if all these guys start getting healthy who haven't been really practicing this week, uh, Waddle and A-Chain as well, you know, if, if Miami is loaded, it, it's going to be tough. Absolutely. You know, if there's a team that I feel like has the confidence to go against Tyreek Hill, it's guys that know him, drafted him, and played against him for such a long time. My biggest concern outside of the cold uh, is is the injuries right now for Miami. There's no Jalen Phillips out for the year because he tore his Achilles. No Bradley Chubbs out for the year because he tore his ACL. I mean, no Jerome Baker uh, out for the season with a shoulder. No Van Ginkle is out for the season with a, with a foot injury. There's going to be potentially no Javon Holland in this one. Uh which is their starting safety. Yeah. There's going to be no Xavier Howard in this one with a knee injury. I mean, these are starters. These are I just listed seven starters for this team that are not going to be in this game whatsoever. They had to sign Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin off the waiver wires. They're struggling to put together a makeshift defense as I go to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Um, and the another big sound that scares me is that the Dolphins are 10-1 and one against losing teams, which is great. They put up 35.5 points per game. They're only letting up 17 points per game, and they have a plus 196 in the points differential, which is insane. It's such a huge points <laughs> differential. But the thing that's really scary is that they are 1-5 against teams with a winning record, and this is all this season. Their points per game goes from 35 to 17. Their opponent's points per games goes from 17 to to 32 and their points differential goes from plus 196 to minus 91. This is not the stat line that I want to see from my team. This is not an injuries that I want to see from my team. I am locking in Kansas City. I don't like Kansas City for the long term of the playoffs, given what we've seen from them all this regular season. It's been very different, but I do like them in this game. I think they're going to put together a huge game. Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco uh, are going to absolutely take over this game. And I think that the Dolphins are going to end up losing because they just don't have enough defensive power to to keep at pace with what Matt Nagy and Andy Reid in this offense is going to do. I don't think it's going to go over 44. It's going to be really cold, like I just mentioned. So take the under on this one. But I like that four and a half comfortably. If it's like a 17-10 win by the KC, just because of how nasty that weather is, wouldn't be surprised. I like that. I like that. You know, I, I agree with you with that. I'll take KC, the spread, and the under. It's going to be, um, you know, I would I would wish that this game was in Miami just because we could really see it on the full. It's so much more fun. You know, and it's nice down there. But, you know, this is where we get. We get Arrowhead. It's a very tough place to play at this time of the season. Um, you know, Mahomes has not really lost in these scenarios at yeah. all. So, you know, you really got to take it. Um, you know, like we were talking about earlier with, you know, the other teams kind of taking a step forward into the playoffs. I feel like Miami is finally doing that as well. Um, but like you mentioned, when they have to step up in the bright lights, they don't. And that's the X factor for me as well. All right, let's keep this moving along into our Sunday games. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers making their way to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills are favoring this one 
by minus 10 and over under here of 36. This is a massive swing right now. The Steelers got the win over the Ravens. It wasn't pretty, but they are in the playoffs. TJ Watt will not be in for this one. He has an MCL sprain. The expectation is that he could be back for the divisional game, but will not be in for this one. On some other news, though, Gabe Davis for Buffalo, not going to be in for this one. He's been an absolute monster in the playoffs. What are your thoughts going into this game? Yeah, so when you're looking at the Steelers, you always wonder how they wind up in wildcard weekend, and they are well-coached. So it's crazy to think that you know a very well-coached team that has gotten to this far is favored by 10, but it does show really how Buffalo – has gotten hot since that game against Philadelphia. Um, you know, everyone's been talking about how they've been kind of having uh, polar opposite seasons of that game. But here we are. Buffalo is the two seed. They have home field advantage against everybody but the Ravens for the rest of the playoffs. And, you know, the Steelers are kind of becoming the first victim in this path. Um, you know, without T.J. Watt, it is a tough ask for them to shut down Josh Allen and contain him. Um, but, you know, it's really time for him to get Diggs cooking. With no Gabe Davis, you're going to have to look for your number one target you know the Steelers you know they may not be the better team they may have had struggles this year but I I do still like the 10 I think that Buffalo knows how to play in this weather at this point they've had Allen for six years he understands how to play at this point um give me give me that you know give me Josh Allen uh winning by 10 in Buffalo I'm gonna take Buffalo in this one as well I, I think Sadly, with the Steelers, there's going to be no TJ Watt. It's going to be a huge loss to them. Um, that defense is still great, and that can maybe force a turnover here and there. Mason Rudolph is starting this one, and it's not that Mason Rudolph has played bad. I think to some extent there's an argument that can be made that he's actually played better than Kenny Pickett uh, in certain aspects of the game overall. But I just don't know if the entire offense of the Steelers has enough to overcome this Bills team. They struggled last week against a Ravens team that was pretty much sitting everybody um, that is a divisional game, and it's on the road. So, of course, they're playing for a little bit of pride at that point. That could be why the game is closer. But it's just not an inspiring game coming into this one. I'm going to lock in the Bills, and they're going to get this win. I do want to just shout out uh, Najee Harris really quick for his third straight 1,000-yard season. It wasn't pretty, yeah. but he got there, and he's already he's already third most in Steelers franchise for 1,000-yard seasons, tying none other than who? Le'Veon Bell. So keep that in mind, everybody, going forward. I'm a Jalen Warren owner in my Dynasty League, something I'm going to just put there in the back of my head come the offseason. want you guys to do the same. Now let's move into our next game. So we have the Green Bay Packers making their way to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Dallas is favoring this one, minus 7.5, with an over-under here of 50.5. Packers got the win Last week against the Bears, it wasn't pretty, but they did get it. The Cowboys dominated Washington, secured the NFC East. 19 years running where there's a different winner of the NFC East, by the way. History is yeah. made yet again this year, and the Giants will repeat it next year. But what are your thoughts coming into this one? Man, I mean, you look at the Packers, and they are the, you know, they are a seven-seed team. You look at them, and they're just good enough in these games. You know, they are, you know, going through the first-year quarterback uh, scenario here with Jordan Love, but we've been talking about how he's been really just playing for his job the last few weeks. And, you know, you hey, this is a tough matchup, you know, for his first playoff game. I will say Dallas at home, um, favored by seven and a half. That's the second largest favorite of the weekend. Um, you know, it could be an interesting kind of matchup if they're able to keep it. Um, you know, I, I kind of like a, you know, like a Jaden Reed touchdown on the Packers side, but outside of that, I will say, 
I, I think that it's, you know, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb all day versus the Packers. Um, You know, right now it's not that, you know, it's just that, you know, Dallas, when you look at them, they are 8-0 at home. They're the best, um, you know, the third best passing offense, the best scoring offense in the league. I think that at the end of the day, you look at them and this is just not the matchup, um, you know, for kind of like a middle of the pack Packers. But, you know, shout out to the Packers for making it. I know Sean hates to hear that because there's two NFC North uh, teams in there. Um, but, you know, you can give me a little back how you feel about my division rival going against your division rival. Well, I'm I'm locking in Dallas as well. I think this is like the Cowboys game to lose. And if they lose, obviously the talks about Mike McCarthy over the last two seasons, this would be a huge reason why they lost. And the first one that came to me to mind when uh these two teams ended up facing off is the Des Bryant catch, not a catch scenario that happened in Lambeau. And then you had the Jared Cook catch on the sidelines a few years ago after yeah. that. So this game has some some meaning for these franchises in recent memory for their fans. I think finally the Cowboys are going to overcome their mental hump that they've had with the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think it will be because of a CD Lamb performance. I want to shout him out. He had a yeah. thousand yard, uh, seventeen hundred and forty nine yards, twelve touchdowns, one hundred thirty five receptions. Is definitely making an MVP slash offensive player of the year uh, candidate case. But I think that Jair Alexander going to be back in this game will end up blocking him down. So I'm looking at Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, and Jake Ferguson. I think those are going to end up being the guys that that really operate this game. CD is going to end up going like 7 for 45. But I do think that you're going to see a little Michael Gallup touchdown. Uh, so sprinkle that in your bet if you're feeling dangerous like I am. Um, you can tie that together, the Michael Gallup and Jaden Reed. Right, and make it really play. adventurous if you're feeling Don't know what the odds are, but I, I can tell you they've, they're probably pretty high. Um, we'll get those checked. <laughs> We'll get those checked in out there at some point, but I like Dallas in this one. I think that this is their game to lose. I think it was Stephen A. Smith that came out and said the other day, like if Mike McCarthy isn't losing to, if he's only losing to San Francisco, his job stays. And and he's right. If they're not in the NFC championship game, I, I just don't know how Mike McCarthy is going to be sticking around for the long term. So this team is also playing for their head coach, I think, at the moment right now. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've seen Mike McCarthy get fired exactly because of, you know, playoff losses like this. And, you know, you just think back to, you know, John Fox in Denver. There's plenty of examples going back the last decade of players, you know, and coaches that, you know, they, you know, kind of get cut or fired from these playoff performances. This is what you're working towards. Um, but Dallas, you know, they haven't made an NFC championship since 1995. I don't think this is one of those years where they have a wild card exit, unfortunately. But we don't know when it's coming. We don't know when. Maybe division. All right, let's move this right along into our Sunday night football game when the Los Angeles Rams make their way to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Lions are favoring this one by minus three and over under here of 51 and a half. Obviously, Stafford is returning to face his former team, and it's going to be in Ford Field. It's very poetic. Um, I think both teams are happy with the trade that they made uh, at the moment. But what are your thoughts going into this one? Lions obviously riding a huge hot streak as they're coming into this game. Yeah, you know, and the Rams gave up two picks to go get Stafford, gave the Lions a couple of picks that they have used over the last few years to make these trades and build this roster that they have. So I don't think anybody's mad from this trade, but it would be great for Matthew Stafford, the Lions' all-time record breaker in almost every single category, to go in there and, you know, have the game of his life to really bring the Rams down into this run. Um, you know, I was talking to Sean earlier this week, and, you know, truly when you look at the Rams' 
uh, you know, schedule, if they're able to win this game, it is favorable. They'll be able to play a division rival, a, a team they're playing, uh, you know, with, um, you know, San Francisco, that is in case the Packers lose. And, you know, there is an interesting scenario where you're looking at this game and, you know, Goff and, you know, and uh, Stafford could just be going back and forth the whole time. Um, you know, I think both of these teams have had that potential now that they're fully healthy. Yeah, you know, I, I I totally agree with you. And for me, the the biggest worry about the Lions isn't their talent; it's their lack of playoff experience. Um, not a lot of these guys have been there, minus Jared Goff and Chance Gardner Johnson. So you're not getting a ton of playoff experience. And the playoffs are totally different from the regular season. We've seen great regular season teams go in the playoffs and just suck and shit the bed. Not to say that that's what the Lions are going to do, but it is a very different scenario. And the the biggest concern is hoping for. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. The biggest and the second biggest concern for me is is the production of their secondary. In two games against Nick Mullins, they gave up 900 or 800 yards, 810 yards and four touchdowns. It was Nick Mullins. So he made a ton of turnovers. There was six turnovers to go along with that. But still, 800 yards to a fourth string quarterback mm-hmm. is not in two games is not what you want to hear as you enter the playoffs and now face a really loaded offense in the Rams and that's coached by Sean McVay. You got Puka Nakua, who's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'd be shocked if he didn't, considering his record-breaking season. And Cooper Cup, who two years ago when they were in the playoffs was dominating teams, yeah. just in unstoppable. Super Bowl MVP Cooper. Yeah. Cup. <laughs> so and and you have Kieran Williams, who's had a great second season. There. Yeah. So to me. I'm a little bit worried about the secondary of the Lions. I trust the Rams, what they've been able to do. They're coming off of a Super Bowl win just a few years ago. They still have a lot of the same players. This is where Aaron Donald shines the best in these big games. If the offensive line of the Rams are playing pretty well and not giving time for Hutchinson to get to the quarterback, it's going to be a long day for the secondary, I think. Yeah, so, you know, a couple questions I have for you is, you know, we mentioned these two young running backs. We got Gibbs and we got Kyron Williams. So where do you what are like your expectations from the running backs this weekend? I would like to see at least like 50 yards from all of them, including David Montgomery. I feel like that's not a huge ask. Again, I mean, Aaron Donald up the middle, you're going to have to pick and choose when and where you run just to be smart. But uh, I, I think that there's no reason why any of these teams don't fully unlock their offensive playbook and show what these young running backs can do. I mean, we've seen these two second year or second year guy in Karen Williams, what first year guy in Jameer Gibbs just absolutely tear it up this season. Keep yeah. it going in the playoffs, man. I want to see it happen. The, the Lions fans, I feel like you're put you know, we put them in a in a conflicting situation because you're like, you don't know if to root for Matthew Stafford and his success, or if you know you're sitting there and you're like, Yeah, go off. You know, so yeah, it's weird. Hopefully we get to see the atmosphere and it's kind of like Stafford comes in as like the villain. Cause I, I think that, you know, like we said, you know, this Rams team can get really dangerous. They have not really had, they, I think they're six out of their last seven and they want to be in 10 and seven. So that's impressive stuff. You gotta, you gotta give it to Sean McVay, like you said, but yeah, we're both riding Sean McVay this weekend. So we hope that he can help uh, complete that revenge tour. Yeah. And, and more importantly, want to give a shout out to Raheem Morris, who might be a head coach in the next coming weeks. So yeah. Put together your potential last great defensive schemes for the next few weeks, if if you can, because Raheem Morris might be out of town and uh, off to a head coaching yeah. job somewhere, because there are a lot of them. All right, let's move this into our Monday night football game and the last game of Super Wild Card Weekend when the Philadelphia Eagles make their way to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Philly is favored in this one. 
by minus three and an over under here of 43 and a half. Now, there's some injury news we need to get into with this game, which is mainly circling the Eagles at the moment yeah. uh, because A.J. Brown went down with a knee injury. They are doing a great job of hiding this at the moment up until, again, we're recording this on the 10th with so mm-hmm. limited information. They have done a very good job of hiding it. Uh, from what I yeah. can tell, it does not look like AJ Brown is going to be playing in this. The knee injury is believed to have been a little bit bad. It cannot confirm a tear or anything, but at least bad yeah. enough to not be in this game. You have Devonte Smith who has an injured ankle and you have uh, Jalen hurts who has just injured his finger against the giants. So what are your thoughts going into this game? Man, the Bucs not being favored right now is a crime. The way the Eagles have been playing and, um, you know, this is this is the play like we were talking about Tennessee. This was the thing we were talking about off camera last week. And me and you were both like, just got to happen. And I got to say, it's not because of, you know, my Giants fandom. This is genuinely because of the way the Eagles have been trending. They're not at home. This isn't one of those Philly atmosphere games that you fear to play there. This is in Tampa. And Tampa has a good fan base. They've been winning recently. Everybody didn't forget about Tom Brady just like building a fan base out there. But I'll tell you this, the Bucks this week, Baker, we've been praising him all year. You got to give it to him. The Eagles secondary is their weakness. And a gunslinger like Baker in nice weather with Mike Evans and, you know, Chris Godwin, this is going to be an easier game than we think. I think, you know, obviously you have the Bucks offensive line and, you know, that's a tough thing if they can't handle the Philly defense. But if you shut that down, you get them tired. It's going to be all Baker all day, man. Yeah, you know, I, I also like Tampa Bay in this game. And if you're a betting guy, I think on DraftKings are plus 145, which is yeah. a fantastic bet for a money line. It's a playoff um, game, people. <laughs> it's a huge playoff game. And to me, I, I just I'm I'm totally, totally right there with you. It's I'm a little bit worried about the lack of great play that we've seen from the Eagles over the handful of weeks. It yeah. all the injuries don't bode well for them uh as well when it comes to their lack of uh performances. And two years ago, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles actually lost to Tampa Bay, thirty-one to fifteen, in Tampa Bay's Super Bowl run. So there, there's some a little bit of uh, history Rematch between vibes. these two two teams. And one of the big things I want to point out to to people who are like, "Well, oh, it hasn't been that bad for the Eagles." To put to put things into perspective, in the last two games for Philly, they've let up seven hundred and twenty-one total offensive yards. And 59 total points in non-garbage time time of game. So that that's not them giving up a 90-yard drive with two minutes left and they're up 17 or down 17. We're talking about in-game, they are bleeding points and they are bleeding yards. And this has come at, at teams like the Giants and the Cardinals. They're pro teams, of course, and they can win any game because they are professionals. Yeah. But they're not the teams that you expect to put up damn near 350 offensive yards and 20 plus points a game against an Eagles team. And now you're doing this. You're on this losing streak. Now you're on the road for the playoffs. There's been rumors that players don't like the head coach and that they do like the head coach. There's in, it's just it's a kerfuffle that I don't want to be a part of. And I'm going to lock in Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay's defense been surprised good all year T- baker mayfield comeback player of the year potentially we'll get into that in our awards episode uh for jack and i so stay tuned for that but i really do think that there's a team to take at home with the f- solid money line it's tampa bay without question 
Yeah, for sure. And, and you you wait till Monday night. You know, the Eagles will have a long time to rest, which is good for their injuries. But, you know, Tampa Bay, I mean, they also lost week four with Baker playing. And, you know, it was just not the same. Um, you know, they didn't really get to, Bucks really didn't get hot and score until the end of the game. So I expect this week for them to get hot. Um, Ricard White also has been Rashad White. I always mess up his name has always been coming out and, you know, the last couple of weeks actually been having very productive run games. Um, and that could be killer for Philadelphia if they're down and he gets going, um, you know, another X factor there. And the Tampa Bay defense, they still have Vita Bear. They still have Shaq Barrett. This is still a defense that's been holding up. They just won the division, even though we always get one of these NFC divisions that are, you know, stuck with losing teams. We can still make something out of this. So, um, yeah, go Bucks, baby. And I'll tell you, like we were saying, my big the big play this week that we both agree on is Rams Bucks both um you know complete underdogs go get them you know absolutely and one one more thing about Tampa if no one has seen the image uh search Baker Mayfield zing pack okay there's an image of him at practice with a case of zins in his pocket would appear to be zins in his pocket as he's just ripping the ball. The internet <laughs> thinks it's going to be Tampa Bay by a million after that, um, but it is just a great photo. I'm I'm. If it's not a Zins pack, it has to be like an AirPods case that he that he got. Whatever for it is, he's locked in right now. <laughs> it is fantastic. He's locked in. The team is locked in. And again, Mike Evans, another thousand yard season. Shout out to that's Mike our, Evans. That's our boy out here. That's our man. I Kills it. it. I traded him in fantasy a few years ago. Jack Jack did the same. We're both regretting it. He's still both good. For sure. He's still good. But uh, that's all the time that we have. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Great super wild card weekend. We got a ton of stuff coming at you. Awards, divisional, some other stuff. Keep in mind. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy. Make sure to follow the picks. We'll have reels and stuff for you guys. Any plays we like coming up this weekend. Enjoy it. Hope your team wins. Uh, you know, unless you're an Eagles fan or a Cowboys fan, wink, wink. But I'll tell you this: uh, both, of are watching, both of us are watching two divisional opponents in this division. We're just hoping for better next year. But we'll be back next week for the uh, divisional games. And stay tuned for our brackets coming. Absolutely, enjoy.